Craft beer popularity has skyrocketed over the past few years. If you want to get in on the craft beer trend, we share a guide to getting started as a beer brewer on Farmers Inside Track this week. Ask any farmer and they'll tell you that farming is no small task. In our farmer development segment, we're joined by Farmsol farming mentor Barry Null, who advises new farmers to be honest and hardworking in order to survive this industry. Ever heard of the Rift Valley fever? Well, it affects mainly sheep, cattle, and buffalo. Afrivet's technical and marketing executive joins us to share insights on how to deal with it. When Dipeteng Manamela's environmental consultation business came to a standstill during COVID-19, she chose to farm. And this week, she wears the crown as our hashtag soil sister, powered by Corteva AgriScience and Food for Mzanzi. On top of our reading list this week is For the Love of Soil, Strategies to Regenerate Our Food Production System by Nicole Masters. And our tip of the week comes from Western Cape crop farmer, Sinatemba Boata. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi and welcome to episode 90 of Food for Mzansi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I am your host, Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Foodform Zanzi. And joining me is journalist and co-host, Duncan Masiwa. Thanks, Dawn. Can I get a whoop whoop? It's episode 90. Can you believe it? I feel like a little countdown coming down, but let me not get ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think we may need a drum roll soon, Duncan. But let's kick off today's show with that promised talk about starting a beer brewery. Journalist Nicole Ludolf chats to craft beer enthusiast Sibosiso Skosana. He owns a craft beer brewer in Tembisa, Gauteng. Over to you, Nicole. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, please? You know, where you're based and how you got into beer brewing. I'm originally I'm from township in Tembisa in the east of Ekurlin, not far from your Johannesburg International Airport. I was born in Tembisa, Tembisa Hospital, and lived all my life in the township. I've lived my life as an entrepreneur for as long as I could remember, since I was seven, I think, when I started my uh, small businesses. But to get into alcohol industry, I started in 2018, when I was in the project, a brewing project, Mkomboti, the brewing project for the first time. Being assisted with my grandmother, given a chance by a son. So that's when I started with African beer. And then after we've explored African beer, I came and thought that I can get into a craft industry. And then afterwards, I have a mentorship, then that's where we started the change. Very interesting. Can you then also tell me a little bit about the beer brewing process? What is it about the entire process that you like the most? The phase of fermentation, I think that's more interesting for me. Because within that process, it's where you decide on the color of your beer on how light or how dark it should be. It also teaches the one patient as well because we ferment for about two weeks, three weeks while we're exploring the process. It's quite interesting because of while you're waiting for it to be fully brewed, it teaches you to be patient as well and, and look at the, the steps that you've taken to brew. So that's, that's the most attractive and interesting part for me when it comes to brewing. 
when you look at our ingredients for the day, they they just simple as well, which made us understand the brewing easier because what we normally use or what we use it's, it's only water, melted berry hops and yeast only. There's nothing else for our beer. It's only those things. So the better ingredient you use, the more you'll understand the processes because there's nothing much that is involved on your process of brewing. Can you perhaps give me any tips or any advice for aspiring brewers? What do you think they need to know if they want to start their own beer brewing operation? First, you need to know what type of beer that you want to produce from your side. Is it sorghum? Is it flavored beer? Is it cider? Or is it your lager? Then once you know which category you want to be brewing on, it's very much important to maybe look at the brands that are already in the industry try to be competitive with them, try to compare yourself with them, and obviously learn on how they do their things. Because one, I wouldn't advise one to just jump into an industry without knowing the ins and outs of the industry. And obviously, you can't know anything or everything all at once. But the research before you start the brand, I think that's very much key. Thanks, craft beer enthusiast, Sibasisos Kosana, and everything of the best with your beer brewing business. I do hope that Dawn and I one day get to taste your wonderful beer. Now from beer brewing to farmer development with Farmsoul farming mentor, Barry Nell. Now with a lifetime of experience, Nell considers farming to be a way of life. His advice to new farmers is to be honest and hardworking to survive and move forward in the agricultural industry. The first thing that he always said was never overplay your hand. In other words, never ever do what you're not capable of doing. Do what you can do, but at the same time, don't get stagnated into one thing. You've got to develop as things were developing in the 40 odd years that I've been farming. Things have developed, technology and all that developed a lot. So you can't stay behind. You must keep track with what is going on. And that was one of the things that he always said to us the other thing is always be honest with mm-hmm. doesn't matter with who or what if you deal with the bank you must be honest if you deal with whoever straight honest business and work hard then you'll succeed well that's one of the truths in life if you're a straightforward honest person and you work hard you will survive and you will go forward at the end of the day you will come out on top I'm almost retired now, so I just want to retire nicely on my little piece of land, yeah. But my goal that I've told, and that's what's keeping me going with the farm soul thing, is I want to share my knowledge with so many people out there that's so hungry for this knowledge. And I've got it. can give it to people to better their lives and their future and for the future of the generations to come. And like I always say to my wife, I'm doing what I'm doing to create a better future for even for my grandchildren and my children and my grandchildren. Because if my son and my grandson can work hand in hand with another commercial farmer, a black farmer, and they work together and they feed this nation, I mean, what more do we want? What better success story can there be? If everybody that's a farmer, the benefit and the privilege of working soil, because it's a privilege, because the land given to us by God. Thanks for joining us, Farm Soul Farming Mentor, Barry Nell. Be sure to check out Food for Mzanzi on Fridays for our special Farm Soul Youth Ambassador slot. Great insight on so many amazing farmers that are just doing what they do every day. No questions asked. We now change gears from farmer development to animal health. Have you ever heard of the Rift Valley fever? 
It affects mainly sheep, cattle and buffalo. Symptoms in sheep, cattle and goats include abortion storms and sudden death in young animals. We now chat to Dr. Didi Klaassen, AfriVet's technical and marketing executive. Dr. Klaassen, maybe you can start by telling us what is Rift Valley Fever? Rift Valley Fever is a viral disease that affects ruminants and it's transmitted by mosquitoes. So that includes sheep, cattle and goats. Those are the species of greatest importance to us. And it's a, a notifiable disease because it's a zoonotic disease. This means that people can contract Rift Valley Fever and it's a serious disease in people. Anything from mild flu symptoms to people dying. So we really need to take it seriously and know how to protect ourselves and our animals. People usually contract the disease when they work with the body fluids or the tissues of infected animals. And that includes undercooked meat and unpasteurized milk. So the people most at risk are basically farmers and veterinarians. But we need to be careful and knowledgeable on the disease Rift Valley Fever. And how does Rift Valley Fever affect livestock and specifically sheep, cattle and buffalo? This is really dependent on the age of the animals and the species affected. So sheep and goats are the most susceptible to the disease and the most adversely affected by Rift Valley Fever especially young animals. So you can have mortality rates of up to 100% in the younger proportion of the flock. In adults, about 20% can get very sick, 20 to 40%. And what we mainly see with the adult animals is abortion storms, where farmers can lose between 80 and 100% of the pregnancies in their herds. So this has enormous economic impact on the farming industry when there are severe outbreaks. In cattle, the symptoms are less severe. The young animals are also susceptible. You can also have mortalities in your calves and some abortions, but it's not as dramatic as what we see in sheep and in goats. And is it treatable? And if so, how? This is a viral disease, so there's no specific treatment for viruses. The body has to fight it off itself. So the only thing we can do is to give supportive therapy to animals that are sick. And the best thing to do would then rather be prevention than trying to treat an animal where your odds are not very good in pulling it through. And then my final question is, what are some of the preventative measures farmers should be aware of? Can you perhaps list three practical tips for farmers? Prevention is definitely better than cure. So the first tip I can give is for farmers to vaccinate their animals. We can't get rid of all the mosquitoes. I really wish we could make summer so much better and prize more enjoyable if we didn't have to spray and douse ourselves with mosquito repellent and then still get bitten. But yeah, we can't stop them. So the best thing would then be to vaccinate our herds. There are two registered Rift Valley fever vaccines available in South Africa. The one is a live vaccine, which you can give once off and it gives good immunity to the animals, but it can't be given to pregnant animals because it can induce a fever, which can lead to abortions. But there's a second type, which is the attenuated virus or sort of made more calm vaccine that people can give to their pregnant animals. It doesn't give the same level of immunity. So there are boosters involved. So second doses of vaccinations that need to be given but it will protect your herd during an outbreak. And it's important that we make sure that our animals have antibodies and that they're not susceptible to the virus. And um, as with anything in life, it works on supply and demand. So it's important that we get our vaccine now because if there is an outbreak, usually everyone is then looking for vaccine and then it might not be available. So that's why we're warning to make sure that if there's a rainy season um, coming as what they are predicting at the moment, it's important to make sure 
that you vaccinate now for the mosquitoes hatch that might have the virus. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, like I said, with the mozzie repellent, you can do the similar thing for your sheep to prevent the mozzie bite. So vaccinate and then use a repellent. So your pyrethroids work very well against your flying insects like mosquitoes and flies. So any other pour on or a dip that you can use that contains a pyrethroid like delta methrin works really well. And then lastly, know which area you're living in, where you're farming. There are specific areas in South Africa that have had reports of Rift Valley fever, sporadic outbreaks and big outbreaks. We have large outbreaks every 20, 30 years, but then we have these little sporadic outbreaks where there was an increase in rainfall for that specific area, the correct mosquito eggs hatched, and then the, mos- the disease could be transmitted again. So it's really important that you know where you're farming, <laughs> that you protect your animals in these areas. And then lastly, for members of the public who aren't farming, to know where you're buying your from, to warn your friends who are farming, and then also to drink pasteurized milk. Thanks, Dawn. And great having you, Dr. Diddy Klassen, who's, of course, AfriVet's technical and marketing executive. Listen, our book of the week is coming up shortly. But first, we meet our hashtag soil sister, Dipeteng Manamela. Her venture into agriculture was motivated by the passing of her father, who was a subsistence farmer. When her environmental consultation business came to a standstill, she chose to farm, and she's currently on a year-long blended development program at the Gibbs Entrepreneurship Development Academy. Dipeteng, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. Please tell us a bit about your farming operation and how you got started. I loved farming from an early age. But I never thought I could do farming as a business. I started farming immediately after my father passed away. And my father was a farmer doing both crop and livestock farming. So I felt it would be wrong to let this legacy go with him. That's when I went into farming. In addition to not letting his legacy go, it was the time of COVID. And many businesses were locked down because they had to lock down. And I started to have an introspection to say, should there be a pandemic at any given time? What is the industry that will be least affected? And I thought farming is one of those that cannot be affected because people still need to eat. And as an environmental specialist, I looked into the issues of climate change. Yes, there is drought, but there are other options, other farming methods that one can employ. And I thought, let me combine my skill as an environmental specialist and take what my father has left us and run this as a business. What do you love most about farming? The one thing that I love about farming is that farming fights poverty. I hate poverty with a passion. There is nothing that pains my heart than to see people going to bed hungry. And farming is one of the ways in which one could stop people from going to bed hungry, could feed families could fight food insecurities. So to me, farming is about changing people's lives. It's about making sure that everyone goes to bed with a full stomach. I love the fact that in farming, you can do anything. You can decide to do the general crop farming, which is the one that would fight hunger and poverty. You could go into industrial crop farming, which will ensure that people get clothed and you could do your livestock. You have so many options in farming. But I love livestock farming. I love cattle. I love goats. And looking into an opportunity where one day 
I'll be manufacturing or supplying goat's milk. That's my passion. That's my desire. Any tips that you have for women who's just starting out in the agricultural industry? The tips that I can give to aspiring farmers, start with what you can manage and grow from there. Remember, growth does not have a limit. So every day you will grow, you will grow, you will grow. Secondly, learn to collaborate. If you want to attract big corporates, give them a 10-key solution. No one is interested in purchasing A from here and B from there. If you come together as a team and offer a corporate a 10-key solution to say, this is what we can give you as a group of farmers, then you are going somewhere. Number three, believe in yourself because no one else believes in the product that you, the person who generated it, does not believe in. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. What an amazing journey. Talk about innovating to survive and thrive. Be sure to read Dipeteng Manamela's inspirational article on Food for Mzanzi's website. We're now drawing closer to the end of another great episode. But first, our book of the week. Our farmers selected for the love of soil strategies to regenerate our food production system by Nicole Masters. Food for Mzanzi citizen journalist Terrier and Browers reviewed this book. Hi Dawn and Duncan, For the Love of the Soil is the perfect roadmap to ensure healthy soil and revitalized food systems in challenging times. The author's objective is to equip farmers with the knowledge and skills required to regenerate ecosystem health and grow their farm profits. This book consists of case studies, science and examples that act as a testament to show farmers, in spite of the many challenges they may face, even severely degraded landscapes can be regenerated through focusing on the soil first. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring. And that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens for CO.ZA or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Definitely a must-read there, Terry and Browers. Thanks for that. Now, before we let you go, it's time for our farmer tip of the week. Western Cape crop farmer Sinetembe Bota calls her food garden in Malmesbury a food forest packed with a number of vegetables, including red onion, kale, parsley, coriander, African kale, and so much more. My tip is around regenerative agriculture and why backyard growers and community farming projects should consider this. Number one, the main focus of regenerative agriculture is on soil health. When you look after the soil, the soil will look after your plants. This means healthy soil equals to healthy plants equals to healthy fruits. The second tip is you can plant more crops that will contribute different nutrients into one space. 
And this will not only benefit your soil, but it will also give you high yield. This is called companion planting. The third tip is regenerative agriculture is very cost effective. It's a very cost effective way of producing your food with less inputs because you can use natural resources to boost your production, such as mulching, natural repellents, such as marigolds, and making your own compost. The fourth tip is an effective way to manage waste is regenerative agriculture because it is a big contributor to the environment. All you, you need to do is take those unwanted kitchen scraps and cardboards, grass, eggshells, and so on, and throw them into your compost. And that compost in return will benefit the growth of your plants. The last tip is the soil should always be covered to suppress weeds and to retain water. When you are doing this, you are actually creating a topsoil that will increase the levels of your organic matter, which in return, it will benefit your plants. And our Farmer Tip of the Week brings us to the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food from Zanzi. Now for more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube. Now remember also, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmer's Inside Track is available for free on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and also of course on foodformzanzi.co.za. But from me, Duncan Masua, Don Numdu, Nicole Ludov, Terry Ann Browers and our producer Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, have a great week. And remember, continue keeping each other safe during this COVID-19 pandemic. Corteva is in it for farmers. For good. As a company solely focused on agriculture, we understand the impact of climatic and soil diversity, the unique requirements of each region, each farmer, each crop, and the need for sustainability. To this, we apply our global mind. With 5,000 researchers in more than 130 countries, ensuring farmers of advanced seed technology and guarding growing investments through innovative crop protection. Local investment includes research facilities on par with our best in the world and the largest private insectary in Africa. Advanced genetic breeding is combined with intense trials, testing and refinement in different bioclimatic zones to bring forth the best in-class products. Beyond in-seed value, our on-seed applied technology on farm crop protection, digital and agronomic solutions are all designed to optimize farmers' productivity, profitability and sustainability. Because by being wholly devoted to agriculture, we have a deeper understanding of farming, the needs of our farmers and the country's need for farmers. This is what drives our researchers to find new avenues for sustainable growth. It is the reason for having state-of-the-art seed production technology on home ground. 
our motivation for creating effective, locally proven solutions to protect land and crops with care for the future. This is the world of Corteva in South Africa. Growing progress, enriching lives, now and for generations to come. Corteva, keep growing. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zansi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.